And now, live, it's time. Oh, we'll go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts okay. middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with stuff at all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby. Pinion drink. Takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And on the Raiders... Mobile app, as we're coming off an epic weekend of football. One of the best ever in NFL history, no debate. And I want to tie that into a national conversation here, but we always bring it back to the Raiders here on their flagship station. And what do you think that the Raiders are thinking after watching that football? If you look at the football that we watched between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, it should be alarming to everybody that that's what's in front of the Raiders. I think the Raiders have to embrace that, and I think they will, with making some bold decisions and try to see how they can put together a better team than the 10-win team. But it's very complicated as we talk about contract status and how many guys' deals are up. So here's Ian Rappaport. If we can play this from earlier today, Ian Rappaport uh, talked about on NFL Network what, what is happening on the Raiders' calendar this week, and it seems to tie into New England as they're looking at a potential New England hire at the GM position. Gerard Mayo is flying down to Las Vegas today in an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders for the head coaching job tomorrow. Remember, this was the first request they ended up putting in, perhaps an indication of how strongly they feel about him. They also spent a lot of time over the weekend interviewing Dave Ziegler, the de facto general manager with the New England Patriots. So if they do end up making a move on Dave Ziegler, uh, bringing in someone like Mayo would make sense. Perhaps Josh McDaniels would make sense uh, as well. Certainly a lot of different options for the Raiders to consider. Also likely have a GM interview with Ed Dodds from the Colts later this week. Uh, But Gerard Mayo, who impressed with the Denver Broncos, he gets the first crack uh, at potentially getting the Raiders head coaching job. All right, so that's what they're doing. It seems like it's going to be a really busy week at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as the Raiders continue to conduct interviews and figure out what direction they're going to go in. And even the best of the best insiders, and I've known Jay Glazer my entire career, Adam Schefter, who I've known a long time, Ian Rappaport, all of the insiders, and even the Raider insiders who cover the beat very well, no one has a clue. Nobody. No one, no, there's no information. If I, you know, From Mark Davis and my relationship with him, they're holding this tight within the walls of the Henderson facility, and they're acting accordingly. So we'll see what they do. And then I'm sure whatever the hire is going to be after Mike Mayock was dismissed, they'll introduce that gentleman, and then we'll have a pretty good understanding early from his track record where he's been and what he wants to do going forward, which will be trades, signing players through free agency, letting players go, uh, deciding what they're going to do in the draft, the combine, all of that. It's go time. There's a very big week here. I would assume, and again, a lot of times it's not good to assume, I would assume by this week, by maybe Thursday or Friday, Monday, the latest, they have a GM. And if they do, then the coaching search will heat up. If not, with Rich Passaccia staying, we're going in the direction. So all of that is in play here, which makes for some compelling content here on the flagship on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, when you watch the games yesterday, I'd like to get your commentary on the games that were played Sunday. We don't have a radio show. We don't. 
because I could just do a Raider podcast for 20 minutes and just rerun it the top of every hour. We're doing a talk show every day when the Raider season ends, and it's got to evolve into talking about the NFC and AFC Conference Championship games. That's where we're at. You watched the games yesterday. What blew you away about Buffalo's collapse and Kansas City's win? I know I was rooting for Buffalo. I think you were too. I don't know many people that were rooting for Kansas City and the Raider Nation, and now Kansas City is back on uh, track to win another Super Bowl, and that would be two recent Super Bowls. I had the tweet all ready to go. I did. My wife was laughing at me. She's like, why are you on your phone? I had the tweet ready. 13 seconds to go. It really could have been the depth of Kansas City. They would have been back next year. But if Kansas City lost to Buffalo at home with the, uh, with, the, with Joe Burrow coming up in the AFC Championship game, we could have had a fun time saying that this Kansas City team was only good for one Super Bowl over a three- or four-year period. And that's – who cares? One Super Bowl when you have a team that good over four years? The same thing with Green Bay. Green Bay hasn't done anything since Rodgers' only Super Bowl. And they got eliminated. So with all that happening there, I was just about to send out tweet. And I had to hit a race. Mahomes came back. 13 seconds to go. Felt like an eternity. 13 seconds to go. And you're supposed to believe in Buffalo's number one. That was the number one defense in football, everybody. You believe that? Buffalo played a prevent defense. So I know we got some high school coaches who listen to the show. I know one very well. And... If you're a high school football coach, just throw on the tape of the final 13 seconds of the Buffalo Bills defense. That is a prevent defense. That's putting all the safeties back too far, too far, not having any. And they had a decent pass rush, but they didn't cover Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Oh, my God, if Gus Bradley was there, if Gus Bradley could have been flown in, he would have at least looked at Leslie Frazier and McDermott saying, hey, man, you better put someone on Kelsey. Because if he catches that ball and gets down, they're going to kick a field goal. And they were able to do it. Uh, there's a big story brewing in L.A. Andrew Whitworth's wife, the offensive lineman for the Rams, a wife, went on Twitter and said, don't sell your tickets to the Niners. Oh, my God. Oh, get your wife. Get your wife off of Twitter. Get your wife off of Twitter. So she goes on Twitter saying, hey, man, we'll buy your tickets. Don't sell them. And now everybody's trying to buy Rams tickets, and the Niners are going down to L.A. The Niners have a global fan base, thanks to Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, and maybe the greatest of all time, Jerry Rice. Niner fans are massive everywhere on the West Coast. They have a big, big fan base. They don't have a great stadium in Santa Clara. Uh, Their faithful fans in San Francisco felt robbed of an opportunity to build the state-of-the-art stadium at Hunters Point or another football stadium right next to the dog patch where the Warriors play now in between, in between whatever that baseball stadium is called now where the Giants play and where the Warriors play. Easily, there's so much dirt down there. I live there. I live right above Momo's for two years, right there at Two Townsend. You could have built a football stadium there. Imagine if the 49ers had their football stadium in downtown San Francisco in China Basin, and they were getting ready to play football. But they don't. It's out in Santa Clara. They built it wrong. You bake in the sun in the preseason and early in the season. And a lot of fans in San Francisco don't go. But a lot of fans in San Francisco want to go to L.A. and see this game. And what some of the people don't understand now is that 
L.A., the Rams are basically saying that you have to be an L.A. resident. Well, as some people are tweeting, everybody in the Bay Area knows someone in L.A., right? It's the same state. It's the state of California. As lunatic as it is, California is whacked right now politically with everything they're doing, i.e. Libby Shaft in Oakland. Pretty easy for a 49er fan to get in a car and drive to Inglewood. And tickets are going to be sold to Niner fans. And it's going to be the same problem here at Allegiant Stadium when they come next year because as long as fans want to sell their tickets, there's always going to be a buyer. And with Silicon Valley and the Niner fans and an affluent fan base in a major media market, look, if, if an upper deck ticket for a Niner fan goes from $280 to 400 you don't think a Niner fan could come up with another 120 bucks to buy a ticket? So they're going to invade that place. And what does that tell you? That's the Rams. We're not talking about the Chargers. We're talking about the Rams in L.A. So it's clear that the Rams do not have a bigger fan base in L.A. than the Raiders. The Raiders still have a bigger fan base in Los Angeles than the Rams and and far bigger than the Chargers. But the Niners are right there. Let's go to that Niner victory and how they were able to do it. Stafford to Cup, you know, early in this game. You know that Cooper Cup, who's a triple crown winner at wide receiver, is going to be open, and Stafford found him. Empty shotgun look. Stafford has it. Again, a four-man rush from the Buccaneers. Deep drop, big throw, down the right side. Cooper Cup's all alone. He caught it at the 30 to the 20. Cuts inside. 10-5. Touchdown, Cooper Cup. Touchdown, L.A. So the route was on. That was a route. But then all of a sudden, Tom Brady decided to flip the switch. What would have happened if Brady was sharp early in the game? He wasn't. They were down 27-3, to and everybody started tweeting the game's over. Can Brady get the comeback going? And this plays against Jalen Ramsey, who might be the best cornerback in football, and Evans beat him. Out of the shotgun, two receivers to his right, dropping Brady, looking Brady. Throws the ball downfield. He's got Evans toward the end zone. Evans makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great throw by Brady. 320 left. Jalen Ramsey beaten on that throw. And the Bucks make it 27 to 19. Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio. So there they go. All of a sudden, Brady's coming back. It would have broke the internet. It would have ruined the Rams, by the way. I mean, ruined them. If Brady comes back and beats them down 27 to 3, then you just take a look and you go, the world is over. Brady just did it again. And then the Rams, I don't think, recover from it. Let me make that point clear. With the veterans that the L.A. Rams have going all in on giving up draft picks and getting all the players they want, if they collapse and lose this game, I don't see a path to recovery. I don't. And the Niners would be traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady again, and I think most people would have had Brady going back to the Super Bowl. You you give Tampa Bay a lot of credit for making that a comeback, but the Rams finding Cooper Cup late, he gets behind the secondary, how does he get that wide open to set up this game-winning field goal? A 30-yard field goal attempt. Here's the spot. The kick is airborne. It is good. And that will win the game for the Los Angeles Rams, 30-27. to Bucks radio. I mean, devastating that they came all the way back. But you know, Tampa Bay deserved it. They didn't play well in the first half of the game, and it's two halves to a game. And they had to come all the way back. So the big conversation today, not only in Tampa, New England, around the league, is Tom Brady, will he walk from the game or come back? I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see, kind of see where we're at. I'm tr- truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game and not thinking about anything past five minutes from now. 
Yeah, I think that's true about Brady. And Brady should come back. He doesn't want to go out that way. I don't think Tom Brady, do you believe Tom Brady? He could. He could just have a press conference with Giselle and say we're done. And it's been a great run. But I just don't expect that from Tom Brady. He's been talking about playing to 45 and past 45. So I think he should come back for one more. Sean McVay did a nice job with Stafford. They could have took a knee at the end of regulation, and they decided to take shots. I thought Matthew Stafford was unbelievable throughout the whole day. Just his poise, his command, his demeanor, his decision-making. We put a lot on him. They present a lot of difference to the pass downs, but on early downs as well. And Matthew got us in and out of a lot of the right stuff. So they did a nice job, and they really were a team that had to win. They have to win now. And the 49ers don't have to, but they might beat them. The 49ers drafted a quarterback in Trey Lance for years to come. They were ready to make that quarterback move, but Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo beat Aaron Rodgers again. Let that sink in. I'm going to get to that at the bottom of the hour. Jimmy bleeping Garoppolo beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field in the snow. I mean, who had that? I know Niner fans thought they could win the game with the defense, and the defense was very good in that game. But I want to get to, and we'll talk more. I got some sound that I want to play of Aaron Rodgers' press conference, and we're going to dive into that after Mark Anderson joins us here in a few minutes, our Monday guest. But I look at this game, if you play Battleship, if you played Blockade as a kid, what do the Raiders need to do to block Aaron Rodgers from going to Denver? The only, the only thing they could do is get Aaron Rodgers which doesn't seem that feasible, depending on what happens. But I don't know. Have stranger things happened? I don't think so. I don't think anything more strange than Aaron Rodgers taking a look at Vegas. And depending on what happens in New Orleans today, where there's a question mark about Sean Payton wanting to come back and maybe leave for TV, do you trade for Sean Payton if you're a, for, if you're a team around the league? I think that Dallas is thinking about that today. Trading. For Sean Payton, someone that Jerry Jones going through the Parcells tree would love. That would be an upgrade from Mike McCarthy. And then the GM news and who's going to be hired here. I'm looking at Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, and keeping an eye on their Twitter pages to see if anything happens today. Uh, The Raiders are in a good spot. I think there are some coaches and GMs and candidates. I think the Raiders have a great setup, brand new stadium, brand new practice facility. We are friends and and ride with Rich Passaccia until a decision is made. He comes back as the full-time head coach if they go in a different direction. But we are pro-Rich Passaccia for everything he did this year on the flagship. Talking to me every week and the great job that the Raiders did. So that's where we're at as I bring in Mark Anderson every Monday from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Mark, the whole show today has been about how amazing that Sunday football card was, the two great games there. Walk me through what you were thinking when you watch Mahomes get the ball back on his own 25 with 13 seconds left. I was uh, surprised that the, the Bills didn't squid the, the kick. Um, I just kind of assumed they would. I, I know you got to be careful with the dangerous kick. We're trying to squid, squid, squid it and not just kick it to him. But I would have squid the ball, and and you know maybe they fall on it anyway. No time goes off the clock, but they're probably not at the 25-yard line. Maybe they're the 20 or the 15. I just think... I think the Bills really hurt themselves there. Uh, and if they and if they are able to take three, four seconds off the clock, I, I think they win the game. But other yeah, than that, that, it was the weekend was incredible. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I've been debating that squib kick too because, as you know, the squib kick could have been short and anybody, an up guy, could have just fell on it and they could have started at the 30. 
But you're right, there at least would have been a second or two taken off the clock. And then, you know, we've talked Raiders with you a bunch. The fact that they didn't guard Tyreek Hill and Kelsey on those two plays to set up the field goal is alarming to me. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, because it's – I guess they were so afraid of getting I, – I just I don't know what they were thinking. It sounded like it felt like they just wanted to uh, play it safe, and, mm-hmm. you know, but they got beat – just the opposite happened. And, yeah, it, it was just bizarre because um, – you know, the Chiefs have one of the best kickers in the league. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to get into field goal range, so you got to you got to play aggressive in those situations. And you know, and I, I know the Buccaneers got some some grief for the way they aggressively went after the Rams after they tied the game defensively. But mm-hmm. I think that was the Buccaneers' mindset: like all the Rams have to do is get in field goal range. That's all they have to do. So we got to go after them. And yeah, you leave you leave uh, Cooper Cup one on one, but you know maybe maybe you. Maybe you get to the quarterback and 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 sack him, and get to overtime too. So, I think you just have to take that chance. Mark Anderson's our guest at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Very important point you said there about Tampa. Tampa had a brilliant defense when healthy. If Tampa wants to take a shot up front with JPP and Dominic and Sue, one of the linebackers, David, someone making a play, you can go down that way. The fact that you know Cup, who's not the fastest receiver, gets deeply behind the safety to me that is a breakdown and what a win for Stafford what have you thought about the Rams and this philosophy of going all in with veterans Von Miller Odell Beckham Jr and if you can tie that into the Raiders offseason as the Raiders have won 10 games and they're looking to take the next step yeah I think modern NFL you get rewarded for aggressiveness and the Rams Mm -hmm. as you said completely embrace that and they may win the whole thing because of it. They're they're just not afraid to take chances, and they got a quarterback who's not afraid to take chances. And so I think you have to do that. I I just don't think playing it safe works anymore. Uh, you know, I think the Packers would probably still be playing today if they were more aggressive. But Aaron Rodgers seemed to go into checkdown mode, and they're sitting at home again. So it's I just it's just it's just not the the NFL of the 70s where you can win with your running game and defense and get out with a 13 to 10 victory. It just, just doesn't happen anymore. So you got to be aggressive. You got to have the aggressive mindset from the front office all the way down. And, and that's why the Rams might win, wind up uh, getting it, doing it because I just, I think, I think they're doing it the right way. Mark Anderson's our guest. You make, you, you just tweeted out yesterday, NFL kickers are remarkable, man. You're right about that. It used to be, you'd have to get to the other 30, to the other 35, and now it's almost like just get to the other side of midfield and give your yeah. kicker a chance. These kickers, they just make long, accurate kicks, and they make them all. Uh, Raiders have a good one in Daniel Carlson. But back to the AFC with Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. What do you think the next GM of the Raiders has to look at when they evaluate Derek Carr? and his ability to have more of an aggressive style playing considering what we saw on Sunday. I've been I've been a Derek Carr backer, but I do think the next GM is going to have to ask, is Derek Carr the kind of quarterback who can truly take you to that next level? And that's been the big question about him, is he? And I honestly don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to believe he is because I've seen glimpses of where he can put the team on his back and and and, the, and he does it, but I've also seen other times where he hasn't been able to do that. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's quite another Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't put him quite at that level. Uh, but I'm not so sure he's a Patrick Mahomes or or 
uh, even a Joe Burrow at this point either. I don't know that he's able able to go out there and throw for 400 yards if he has to. If he's able to, if everything else breaking down around him, will the Raiders to victory? I'm I'm not so sure, uh, but I I do I do think I do think if you put him in the right situation, you could win the whole thing with him, and that's and, and uh, because I, he does enough good things to where. Um, uh-huh. And we saw it this season. Well, all the games are pulled out at the end. I mean, he led all those comebacks, so you know he's capable of doing that. Yeah, I agree, Mark Anderson. I believe you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr and Derek Carr's career already. When you look at it compared to Jeff Hostetler, who played with the Raiders and won a Super Bowl, and other quarterbacks that have been around in this league, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, Carr's better than all those guys. I think he has yeah. more upside and a higher ceiling. But you got to have an elite defense. When it comes to this uh, Raiders GM search, Mark, as we wrap this up, what intrigues you the most? Because it seems like they could go get two types of GMs, one from the Patriots or one from the Colts. One could be – they could both be into the draft and building and starting fresh with their vision. Or it could be one of them being a riverboat gambler and trying to bring in a philosophy with the Raiders to be more aggressive, not in the draft but in free agency. What do you expect here? What should we keep an eye on? You know, I, I don't know. It seems like I like I like who they they're looking at, mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure you go if they hire either either the Patriots or Colts. One, I I wouldn't. I think you could definitely sell either one. I think I don't. Sure. I don't think most people have an argument with either one. I don't know why you can't do some sort of hybrid. Uh, you know, where you can still be aggressive in both um, the with the draft and and with. Uh, free agency because I think you almost have to. Um, you know, this year's draft, for example, is not a great draft for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like Derek Carr is only going to take you so far, then you have to look at free agency. But, you know, I think next year, I believe, is supposed to be outstanding quarterback draft. So you could also do it the other way. You can say that, hey, you know, let's see what Derek Carr does with final season his contract, and then we may have to go get one of those, those other quarterbacks. So, um I, I don't I don't know that's an either nor proposition in that mm-hmm. in that regard. Thank you, Mark. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you on Monday again. Thank you. Sounds good, JT. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Mark Anderson, Las Vegas Review Journal, one of the premier journalists here in town. Always good to have him on. Look, you can look at this and say, are the Raiders in a rush? Do they have to go get a GM this week? You look at some of the things that are coming up, obviously the combine, the draft around the corner, the games that are very important that you need a GM in place, and you need a GM to look at these contracts. But that could happen pretty quickly. Any GM who's interviewing for the Raiders' GM position, any scout or someone in football operations is coming into this meeting and flying into Vegas with a binder and able to sit down and look at Mark Davis in the eye and say, this is what I think you need to do. These are the players I would keep. These are the players I'd move on from. This is the quarterback I want to build with, your quarterback, whatever it is. These guys coming in to interview have got to have a vision. You just don't come in. And I, I think that's what's hurt Eric Bieniemy in the past from what I've heard. And I don't know if it's accurate, but I've heard it, that Eric Bieniemy has a vision for the offense that he wants to run. But does he have a vision on the type of team that he wants to oversee? I don't know what Byron Leftwich is going to do. That situation. Dan Quinn seems to be the front runner in Denver. But I've also said Nathaniel Hackett could probably help bring in Aaron Rodgers. And we'll talk about that coming up next because I want to get into Aaron Rodgers today. And I want to hear from you inside the Raider Nation. I hope you all don't leave us and go back to your favorite podcast because we're open for business. We're looking to go big in this offseason. 
and it only works with fans excited about it. So there's a lot of news potentially coming up here for the Raiders, but unfortunately for the Raider Nation, we got to talk about Joe Burrow, who beat the Raiders twice, and the Raiders' nemesis, Patrick Mahomes. you got to be kidding me. It's reality, and we dip the show in reality. We'll try to win it here from 45. Pepper snap. There's a little high pulled down by Wyshowski. Robbie Gold has it away, and it is good! Robbie Gold has kicked the 49ers to victory here in Green Bay. The golden leg of Robbie Gold going to an NFC championship game. The Packers, three years in a row, now have been put out. There it is on the 49er. Radio Network, unbelievable moment for Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the top seed, coming off a bye week, and the Niners find a way to win. JT with you as we're going through this long weekend of football where the top seeds went out on Saturday, the Titans losing to Cincinnati, and then obviously with the 49ers winning, which I didn't see happening. I didn't see any of that happening. I like the favorites going into these games if you bet and you were going with road teams, and you thought it was the way to go, congratulations. A lot of people didn't see it that way. And the big story is Aaron Rodgers and where he goes from here. And this is a massive story, and a story that I'm really excited to talk about and comfortable to talk about. I think it's a great offseason topic because the offseason has begun now for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packer organization. So my gut feeling when I saw him lose on Saturday, and we'll get to some of the sound bites, and what he had to say. But my gut feeling right after they lost is that he's done. He's done in Green Bay. And he lost all of his leverage, by the way. Now, he has leverage. If he wants to go back and play for the Packers, I'm sure the Packers would take him back. But he doesn't need to go back because he can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. And this is more than a trend now. This is fact, not fiction. So why bring it back again? My theory was simple. He's got one Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers. He could win three pretty quickly here if he would have won this game over the next 13 months. He could win this Super Bowl going in. I thought if he wins it, he gets two. Then you bring everybody back to try to go for the repeat. You don't break up a Super Bowl championship team, but we don't have to talk about that anymore. So where does Aaron Rodgers go? And everybody's opinion counts on this. And we know he's not going to Buffalo. He's not going to Kansas City. And he's not going to Baltimore where Lamar Jackson is. He's not going to go to the spots like the Chargers where Justin Herbert is. But where could he land? And a friend of mine made an interesting point about the Vikings. The Vikings have had a really good roster over the last couple of years. Really good. I think a Super Bowl caliber roster, easily a playoff roster. But I don't think that Rodgers would want to scorn the great fans in Green Bay, his fans, by going to the Vikings. Favre was different. Favre did it at the back, back end of his career. And Favre wasn't the player that Aaron Rodgers is right now. You know, Favre was on his last, last leg, and he took him to a playoffs. And remember that interception by Paul Allen. Why would you ponder passing when Favre could have took the Vikings to a Super Bowl lost in New Orleans? New Orleans is a spot where Aaron Rodgers can go because Sean Payton's there. And Sean Payton's a hell of a coach, a hell of an offensive mind. And he would have a great time in New Orleans winning 
on another playoff roster. They should have made the playoffs this year, screwed up a couple of games, and the Niners beat the Rams to wrap up the year. If they didn't win that game, we wouldn't be talking about the Niners. We'd be talking about the Saints in the playoffs and probably getting knocked out. So everybody thinks Rodgers is going to go to Denver. And it makes sense because last year we talked about Denver. They don't have a quarterback. The Drew Locke experiment, Teddy Bridgewater experiment's over. Vic Fangio got fired because those two quarterbacks got swept the last two years by the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a big deal to Denver. They fired Fangio. And they got to make decisions coming up here like all these other teams. But I think that's the landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. But I'm in Vegas, as you know. And if he's available, Las Vegas has to look at this as a move of chess to block Denver. So does everybody understand this? If Aaron Rodgers wants to go play for the Giants or the Saints or Washington, which I doubt, I don't think he wants to go east. The Vikings are intriguing to me, but it looks like he wants to go west. Could he go to the 49ers? Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look like the long-term answer in Santa Clara, but if he ends up winning next week and ends up going to the Super Bowl, Jimmy G deserves to come back, and they have Trey Lance as the backup, grooming him to be the starter down the road. They don't care. They bench Trey Lance in a second to get Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers would be back in Northern California. And how good would the Niners be with Aaron Rodgers? You might say, JT, what are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers can't beat the Niners. Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the league. He's clearly the best player in football. If he doesn't win this MVP and Brady gets it, we're splitting hairs here. But I think Aaron Rodgers has at least three more seasons playing at this very athletic high level. That's all you got to do. You got to do a three-year deal with him because he probably is not going to take a two-year deal. He's going to want big money, and he's going to want the insurance of a three-year contract. So when I say Vegas again, Derek Carr's there. Could Derek Carr be a chip in trading to get Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is free now. He put that contract together with the holdout and threatening Green Bay that he would have the opportunity to move on now. So I don't know what you guys all think and gals out there, where he's going to end up. But I think Denver and Las Vegas are interesting because the Raiders got to keep Aaron Rodgers out of that division in Denver. Or the Raiders are going to be competing against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers all in the division. Good luck with that. If the Raiders were able to get Aaron Rodgers there, it's an upgrade from Derek Carr, but Derek Carr has been a very good quarterback, and he's very comfortable in the system out here, depending on what the Raiders are going to do, either keeping Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach, making him the head coach, or going big with all the rumors that are out there from Jim Harbaugh to other names who could be there. So it is complicated, but Rodgers lost his leverage to hold Green Bay hostage and play this arrogant game of I'll get back to you, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. All that leverage is now gone. Green Bay is bitter by another exit by the 49ers, and if Aaron Rodgers wants to go, I don't think everybody in Green Bay is going to be A, shocked. They'll care, but they're ready probably to move on from Rodgers and some of the stunts from this past year. Dealing with the media, what was happening in the building or not, a lot of it's fun, he's having a lot of fun. He got real political, Recently, obviously, the vaccine situation was another big thing. I don't know. I think Green Bay would love to have him because he's the great Aaron Rodgers. But if he moves on, nobody's going to be bawling, crying. They went through this with Brett Favre. It's no, nothing new here. Aaron Rodgers going 39 to 40 years old. Green Bay will say, we appreciate everything. We're going to retire your number. We're going to put you in the ring of honor. Not retire the number, put you in the ring of honor. And that will be the end of his legacy in Green Bay. One Super Bowl, three MVPs. It looks like maybe more MVPs, but not in Green Bay. 
So I want to hear from you on Twitter, at JT the Brick, where he could end up and where do you think would be the good fit for him. We have Aaron Rodgers' sound from Saturday, and it's beginning. You knew he would be peppered in that press conference. Here's Rodgers talking about the uncertainty of his future. I did not think we'd be talking about this after this game, but, you know, I'm going to take some time and uh, have conversations with the folks around here and then take some time away and make a decision, obviously, before free agency or anything kind of gets going on that front. It's fresh right now. It's, it's you know, a little shocking for sure. I think this has really got to hurt Aaron Rodgers because he realizes this team was a Super Bowl team. One seed. Coming off the bye week, how'd that work out, Tennessee? They didn't look right. Aaron Rodgers was checking down in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers couldn't sustain drives and keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline. Rodgers knows he lost a golden opportunity to win another Super Bowl. I mean, I, I didn't have a great night tonight. You know, they did a good job of kind of getting me off the spot. You know, a better job of taking away some of the quick game that we got going the last time we played him. And, you know, I just missed a couple of reads, probably should have taken a couple of whole shot chances at certain times. And then the big question about potential retirement. I think his ego's too big. I think he's too good of a player. He still has plenty left in the tank that he would not want to retire. So he was asked about this post game after the loss to Jimmy G. You know, there's obviously a lot of decisions to be made. There's a lot of players that, uh, whose futures are up in the air. So, you know, definitely will be interesting to see which which way some of those decisions go. And, you know, but I'll have the conversation with Brian, you know, in the next week or so and, and get a little bit more clarity and, and think about my own, my own future and how much longer I want to keep doing this. So those are some Aaron Rodgers bites. Tough place for him to be going forward, but not really that tough. He's a multimillionaire. He has a lot of other projects outside of football that I think he's going to want to continue with, not Jeopardy. I think that door also closed with Jeopardy due to his political beliefs and what you believe or not, forget about what we both believe, what he believes during COVID about the vaccine and Joe Rogan and the way he'd like to handle this going forward. That doesn't work if you want to land a job on Jeopardy. I can promise you there. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make up his mind where he wants to go. So I have Denver clearly as the front runner. And I think Denver is going to go all in to get him. And they have a very good roster. I never bought into that they have a great roster. There were some people saying, oh, they're just a quarterback away. Oh, just a quarterback away. No, they're not. They're not super elite. They got some good wide receivers. They got a couple of good players in the secondary. But this isn't the Broncos with Von Miller in the prime of his career a couple of weeks ago where they were flying all over the place. But they'll have the draft and the ability to build around Rodgers and go out and maybe get another free agent wide receiver to go along with Jerry Judy and what they have there. I'm telling you, everybody, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they lost that game because they lost it at home in the weather. And the 49ers, they were ready to lose that game multiple times. They played tough. They hung in there. They had a great game plan. We knew that the Niners would run the football. We knew that they'd try to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. But when Aaron Rodgers came back on the field with the ability, with the lead, to put the game away and go up two scores, he was incapable of doing that in the most important game of the year. So the defense for the 49ers, special teams, I mean, everything they did, 
Kyle Shanahan was in a position in that game where they could have ended up scoring three points, ten points, losing the game. And we'd be back to talking about the 49ers. What, what are they going to do with their future with Jimmy Garoppolo? What are they going to do with some of their veteran free agents at the end of the year? The Niners are poised to go into Los Angeles with their fans and beat the Rams. We'll have all week to talk about it. But you see the Rams put out, and I, I tweeted it out, or I will, about the Rams aren't going to sell tickets to 49er fans. Good luck with that. The 49ers play in the same state as the Rams of California. Niner fans are everywhere in the state of California. If the Rams are saying, look, we don't want to sell our tickets to the Niner fans because the last game that they had at the end of the year, it was pretty much Niner fans all over SoFi Stadium. And it looks like they're going to do it again. So the Rams could do whatever they want. I don't think they control the secondary market. I don't think they're going to be able to police every ticket. And I think the Niners are going to have a really good chance there because they're playing with house money and they're continuing this postseason again after being in Rodgers' head and advancing to the NFC Championship game. Rams could have lost to Tom Brady. The Brady comeback was epic. But what a last drive with Cooper Cup after Cooper Cup gave up the ball and fumbled for him to make those catches late. And for Tampa's defense to let Cooper Cup run wide open. So San Francisco, they get the win. The Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to The first time both number one seeds lost in the divisional round in the same season since 2010. Again, if you gambled on that, if you bet and you had the right side of that, tremendous. The Packers, who were 13-5, and earned the top spot in the NFC for the second straight season, but failed to reach the big game. Niners, 10 unanswered points in the final five minutes. That is a collapse. The score doesn't show it because it was a low-scoring game. But I'll tell you, that's about as big of a collapse as you could have in a low-scoring game to lose. San Fran tied the game with 441 left on that Jordan Willis left-handed block punt, which was incredible. How about that? I mean, unbelievable special teams play. And then what happened? Aaron Rodgers went three and out. The 49ers got the ball back at their own 29 with 3.20 left, drove into field goal range. Debo delivered a nine-yard run on third and eight, and everybody knew Debo was going to touch the ball, and the Packers couldn't do anything about it. Niners ran down the clock to set up Gold, who's a hell of a kicker, especially in the postseason. And Aaron Rodgers, everybody, is eliminated from the postseason. I'm sure he'll go on the media circuit this week. And will he disappear or will his ego demand? That is, he's in the news cycle the week of the Super Bowl. I'm sure he's going to be out in Los Angeles at the Super Bowl, around there with appearances, corporate events, whatever he's going to do. Or is he going to go back to Maui and do got to go get that Maui yoga cleanse again? Grow the hair out, greasy long, hang out by Maui right there, go up to Kanapali, do some yoga on the side of a cliff with his actress girlfriend, and disappear for a while. I don't think it can afford to disappear. There are a lot of big decisions being made around the NFL with coaches and GMs and quarterbacks. And everything I just said for the last 10 minutes or so about Aaron Rodgers, anybody would do everything to get him. If you got an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers, I don't care how bad your team is, you pick up the phone and you start talking in your building about how to make it happen. And I think the upside is going to be huge because he's going to have a chip on his shoulder 
to go and beat Green Bay or take another team to the postseason so he can have a different legacy as of late other than losing to Jimmy Garoppolo. And legacy is a big topic because Peyton Manning and Tom Brady increased their image and legacy by leaving the Patriots and the Colts. So Aaron Rodgers, the path is there. He's not Derek Jeter. He's not playing. Michael Jordan left for the Wizards. You can do this now. LeBron has gone to the Lakers through Miami and Cleveland. You can you can leave and do whatever you want to do. I just don't see, as I said, a scenario where Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay. The only scenario would be Green Bay saying, we got to keep Devontae Adams. we got to keep Aaron. We'll do whatever we take. We'll put up with this for another year. We'll put up with this. And a lot of other teams haven't dealt with Aaron Rodgers in their building. They don't know what he's like in the building. He's a pretty popular guy. And they go, yeah, we'll, we'll get a fresh start with him. I don't know where he's going. But I do suggest that he's going to Denver. And if he does go to Denver, there's got to be some type of mindset around the Raiders or everybody else around the league to keep him from Denver. If he goes to New Orleans, I'm good with that. Raider Nation. If he ends up going to New Orleans, you've got to be good with that too. But it becomes a, an important topic it becomes an important topic on where he is going if he goes somewhere we're not talking about jimmy garoppolo leading leaving the niners and going to denver oh my god how are you going to beat jimmy garoppolo we're talking about aaron Rodgers. that guy eats up regular season victories he slaughters teams in the regular season it's just incredible that he's struggling so much in the postseason imagine if aaron Rodgers didn't have that super bowl with charles woodson he was still looking for his first chip interesting all right we'll try to get you in here we'd like to before the top of the hour 702-365-9200 hope everybody had a good weekend a lot happening over the weekend it's a good weekend a lot of football possibly the greatest weekend of playoff football of all time how does that happen we're living in a good time if you're an nfl fan and we thank you for listening to raider nation radio You know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. So uh, a lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple months. Well, that's a clue. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. That's Aaron Rodgers. JT, back with you as we wrap up the show today. Uh, thanks to all of our friends, all of our partners, BillsHappen.com. You need cash. You need cash. You need cash. BillsHappen.com. They're Raider fans. They get you the cash you need, no matter your situation, BillsHappen.com. Look, for Aaron Rodgers to say he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, who, who thinks Green Bay's rebuilding? They're the number one seed. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They're not looking at a rebuild. They can franchise tag. A bunch of guys, Devontae Adams, and I can rebuild. They're used to winning at Lambeau Field, but they've had this now trend where they can't win in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is at the prime of his career, and he can't get out of the first round? How does that happen? Not getting out of the first round. Well, the Niners came in with a great – they have Debo Samuel. How do you get Debo Samuel on your team? What a game changer he is. 
Coach T in Oakland, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, JT, thanks for taking my call. Uh, regarding the uh, Aaron Rodgers to Denver, there was an interesting statistic, which is why he's a bad matchup for San Francisco. When he's protected and don't get any pressure, his QB rating is 120-plus. Mm-hmm. But when you get pressure on him, it goes all the way down to 58. So Aaron Rodgers needs an offensive line. So if he did come to Denver, you must invest in the front. You must have four absolute dogs that's going to get mm-hmm. past that and put some pressure on him. Because if you don't get no pressure on him, he, he does just what you just said. He will shred you. Oh, well, he had, a pretty de- he had a pretty decent offensive line in Green Bay. They were number one seed. They were able to run the ball and protect him to maybe winning another MVP. But, you know, do you want – you're not going to get a 90s Dallas Cowboy offensive line no matter where he goes. But I, I appreciate your call. I think you're onto something. If he's going to look to move on from Green Bay, he wants to go to a team that has a shot to go from being out of the playoffs into the playoffs or a playoff team that can deliver him to a Super Bowl or he could help do that. There's only a few teams that are in that scenario. There's only a few teams. That, that's what makes the Raiders – Interesting, not just Aaron Rodgers for coaches or GMs, is the Raiders are a 10-win team that seems real interested in getting much better and are going through their due diligence to become better with their reorg of the organization from a football perspective. And that's appealing to a lot of people now. A lot of people are appealing and want to take a look at the Raider job because of Las Vegas, the revenue, the practice facility, the stadium, and some of the players in place becomes an appealing job not that it was always it was always appealing you know to get go to an organization led by al davis when he was alive to go to an organization with great history and tradition but now it becomes a place where you can go win and that 10 wins for the raiders was very impressive because most people around the league didn't think it was going to happen and a lot of that has to do with rich Pasaccia and the current coaches they had to keep the team together with the players that they had so they'd be ready to roll Pro Bowl's coming up right around the corner. Don't know, that's February 6th. Uh, tickets are on sale at ProBowl.com if you're a Raider season ticket holder. It's a fun event for kids. Remember, all of these events are coming to Allegiant Stadium. we got to fill them up. right? We want more of this. You want more Pro Bowls. You want college football bowl games. You want big events. It's the job here in this community to buy the tickets and go. And tourists will come from out of town for a Pro Bowl or something like that. But the locals... In this community, think of the kids. Think of a kid in your community that's never been to a Pro Bowl, right? Unless you took them to Hawaii years ago. I doubt it. Take a couple kids in the neighborhood. Take four or five kids in the neighborhood to the Pro Bowl. Have a good time. The Raiders are really going to make that an engaging, big, big event here in town because that's the way they do it at Allegiant. Thanks to Bobby, Mark Anderson, everybody, for putting the show together. And we're just going to grind our way through the AFC and the NFC Championship with some guests to break down both of those matchups coming up the rest of the week and wait on Raider news about a potential GM. JT, thanks for listening, everybody. Find the show wherever you find it. You can find it in podcast form at lbsportsnetwork.com. Have a great day.